Okay, so if you've had any of these thoughts into your head, then you need to listen to today's episode. Number one, I don't know whether I can tell this story or not. What will people think of me? Number two, I don't know how to sell this stuff. I'm not sure if I can sell this stuff. Or the third one is, I want to create that content, but, you know, that mental resistance block you get. So, we all go through these real, just like weird mental blocks in our head that stop us from succeeding in business. So, on today's podcast, we're going to go have a good conversation with my guest, Lindsay Nadler. She's from the Make Your Passion Pay You podcast. It's really easy easy listening. There's good content wisdom in here. It's, uh, it's a great episode. Let's roll the intro. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, what's going on? This is Jules Dan here. Welcoming you to 2021. I believe this is going to be the second week of 2021 when this is out. And it's a pleasure for you to, for you to be joining me here with me and my podcast guest today, Lindsay Nadler or Nadler. Depends how you, how you say it. I like to say Nadler or you can say Nadler. But anyways, <laughs> quick backstory here. Um, I heard her on Instagram and she's got a Southern accent and I love Southern accents. Not like the, uh, the the Forrest Gump sort of accent, um, but nice, clean, reminds you of just like, I don't know, like Colonel Sanders just eloquently describing how he discovered his chicken and you're back in the old, good old days. Call me weird, but it I, I just love it. It just reminds me of what it would be like to be back in the simpler times. But also, Lindsay is a wealth of knowledge, okay? And um, she's really deep into the mindset sort of stuff as well, helping entrepreneurs get past those mental roadblocks. She also does help start help people start their hobby, turn their hobby into a full-time six-figure business. Like That is definitely a selling point why I brought it on here. She's also got her own podcast, Make Your Passion Pay You. That, you know, I, I had one of the better conversations I've had out of all my podcast guests. A lot of people come on and they're like super serious, like, I just want to tell all the content, I want to show off that I'm an expert. Me and Lindsay, we had a good chat and uh, you can tell throughout this podcast. So, let me introduce who she is a little bit. So, Lindsay Nadler believes that passion is everything and is on a mission to show women how to own their CEO and fearlessly chase down their dreams. She's a former police officer turned passive income creator, coach, and CEO. And you can also find her on Instagram. She's also got a, a new website up. So I think you can find her freebie. I'll mention, I always mention my guest freebies. You can find her freebie at lindsaynadler.com. Um, and I'll leave that in the description below. But really interesting chat today. Uh, we cover a bunch of topics on mindset, uh, story selling, 
and how to get over mental blocks, stuff like creating content. Really, really cool stuff. Otherwise, enjoy my episode today in conversation with Lindsay Nadler. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan and I'm joined by Lindsay Nadler and uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Lindsay. How's it all going? Oh, I'm so excited, Jules. I'm I'm so excited to talk with you. Excited to be here. It's an honor. This is my first podcast, I think, um, with uh, being in Australia. So I'm really excited to get to know your audience and let's just like riff on some stuff. I'm pumped. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Really interesting. First time in Australia. Why? Why is that? You just no one's no one's reached out to you. It's been Aussie or what's yeah. been the story behind that? No one's reached out to me. That's that's been Aussie. So I'm excited to <laughs> excited to break through. Okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. Um, if you if you don't understand what I'm saying, you'll just say, Jules. Just <laughs> can you repeat that? Yeah, we do, and we likewise do speak, too. Likewise do, too with with my accent. I had a gal um, who was from uh, the UK, and I had this um, or a, a client that's from the UK. And there's yeah. this one particular podcast episode of mine where I have another girl on from down south. I'm from Louisiana in the states. I'm from the southern part um, of the states, and so was she. And she was like, I could not understand anything <laughs> that you guys were saying it was like a totally different language so uh likewise okay well now that we uh we've 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 made it clear that we both speak english we can continue with <laughs> this conversation some, we do speak some form of english yes uh i'd love for you to sort of like tell my audience a bit about um how you got started maybe in the middle of the story that way it's a bit bit more exciting yeah. Well, you know, I think some people look at my Instagram or they would talk to me and they assume that I've been, um, an entrepreneur my whole life. Like I've been in this social media game, just like, that's what I've been doing forever, but I actually got my start in law enforcement. I was a police officer and I got my start there because I wanted to make impact. I wanted to change the world. Right. I wanted to do something really important. And mm -hmm. I quickly realized that although I love parts of that job, it wasn't really allowing me to be proactive. It wasn't allowing me to really make the impact that I wanted. Most of law enforcement, unfortunately, is reactive. And also just side note, this feminist <laughs> rebel free thinker wasn't really set up to do well in a paramilitary patriarchal organization. And although I do love my men and women in blue, that just wasn't for me. I'm an entrepreneur at heart by nature. I you know, I, I don't like being boxed in. I've always meant to be my own boss. And so I actually cut my teeth in entrepreneurship in a network marketing business. And that was like my boot camp. And if yeah. you're, if your audience knows anything about network marketing, it's like, man, if like, you're going to learn entrepreneurship, that's the way to learn it because it is very difficult. There's a lot of stigma attached to that. And I feel like it's honestly the best place for you to decide if entrepreneurship is for you or not. And so I was able to double my income, then went on to triple my income. And so I was able to retire early from law enforcement. And because of that decision, it put me around so many great mentors, which is so important. It really opened up my eyes to this world of personal development and like what is possible for you. But honestly, Jules, like it opened me up to what true leadership looks like, because if you're leading a volunteer army and you learn how to be successful in network marketing, I think you can be successful in anything. And so, um, I 
realized, um, that I had this huge heart to help women really own their CEO power and want more for their lives. You know, I'm from the Bible belt South (laughs) in the States, if you know anything about that. So there was a lot of women that I was surrounded with that were kind of living under a lot of oppression. And I just was like, not on my watch. I mean, I just can't, this is just not what I'm about. There's so much more for your life, so much more that you can go after. And so long story short, I've been coaching women in some shape, form or fashion, um, over the past 10 years. And what I've been doing here recently, um, for the past three is helping women figure out what they're passionate about and how they can earn a living doing what they love, make their passion, pay them and step into the calling that's on their life, which comes with really owning your CEO power and being yourself like 100% unapologetically. And so, um, I'm able to do that in in a lot of different ways and, you know, use the beauty, the beautiful tool that is social media, um, in order to connect with people all over the world. So that's the cliff note version. And there were lots of twists and turns along the way, but, um, that's where we are as of now. Okay. Awesome. You know, I'd be the, I'd be the exact same thing. I said to my girlfriend, Gabby, if I went to the military, I would be kicked off on the first day because I hate taking orders. Yes. (laughs) Like we're not, we're just, we're not meant for it. Like we have to, we're free thinkers. We got to do our own thing. Yeah, exactly. And were you starting off uh, the network marketing while you were in the force? I was. And you know, at that time I was working three jobs. I was working a 12 hour night shift. I also had this passion for fitness. So I was running boot camps when I got off work. I was like personal training on the side. I was teaching self-defense, like hustler, right? Like yeah. three jobs to make it work. And I found this network marketing company that was a perfect fit to kind of go along with all of that. So it just made total sense for me. Yeah. Interesting. I had a previous guest. She hasn't been aired yet, but she also came from the network marketing space. And, um, she also said the same thing, like a lot of the reason why she was, she climbed to the top of that, that ladder. I won't say pyramid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Don't, don't bring up yeah, the pyramid. ladder. She climbed to the top of the ladder and yeah. she's like, the number one thing that got me there, uh, was my ability to start relationships. And, um, I'm sure you could say that that's like the first thing you had to get uncomfortable with was like, all right, like I have to not be spammy. I have to actually be presenting value first. Um, yeah. was that some, was that some of the key things or what were some of the key things like you learned along that way? Cause you said you cut your teeth in it. Yes. And listen, Jules, like, okay. I mean, I just want you to like, I want to like paint a picture, but anybody, if you, anybody that's listening to this, you can be an entrepreneur. If you do not want to do what you're doing right now and you want to start your own business, listen, any type of entrepreneurship, including network marketing or whatever, coaching, what I do now is personal growth with a paycheck period end stop. You can learn marketing. You can learn strategy. You can learn how to sell. You can learn NLP. Like you can learn all of this stuff, but the bottom line is your paycheck is determined by how much you grow internally, how much you're willing to do the internal work as a leader and as a human being. And so I want to paint this picture for you guys. Here I am, this arrogant cop, rough and tough. I was used to giving orders. I was used to just like, not a people person. Like I'm an introvert as well. Compound that with being a cop and lots of PTSD and just kind of wanting to isolate from the world. You know, me like (laughs) striking up a conversation or like leading you to live your best life was just laughable. 
and comical at the time. Like I really thought like, Hey, these are great products. Like buy them. Like if you're either going to buy them or you're not, like, I'm not here to babysit you. Like you want to build a Like, seriously, like I had no people skills. I had no relationship building skills at all. Mm. And here I was thinking like, Oh, you know, I'm this leader. Like, Oh, I know what's up, but yet was so lacking in just like the basics of building rapport with people, like of really seeing people. And so I had to really let down a lot of those walls and a lot of that armor that I had built up. You know, I love the work of Brene Brown, where she talks about vulnerability as your superpower and, you know, truly like, you know, getting in the trenches, so to speak, caring about people. Because for me, you're trained as a police officer that everyone's a threat, right? And you don't, you're, you're naturally mistrusting. And I do think that we need good discernment. But for me, I had to learn relationship building. I had to learn people skills. I had to learn how to get up in front of a room and speak <laughs> and, and command and command that stage, so to speak. And I was totally, totally lacking in that area. And it helped me tremendously. Yeah. Okay. So you said that um, vulnerability was a key sort of superpower that you learned. Is, yeah. is that something that you used um, for yourself or later in your, in your, in your marketing? Yeah, I would say both. I think that people want to hear your story. They don't want to, they're not interested in learning from perfection. They want to know about your failures. They want to learn about what's hard for you. They want to see how you've come out on the other side. And what I teach and train my clients all the time that I learned in network marketing was stories sell facts tell. If you're trying to sell your products, your services, whatever, and all you do is talk about the features, the features, well, oh, it's got this ingredient or, oh, it does this, or, oh, my coaching, I'm going to give you two calls and five webinars or what, like nobody gives a shit about that. Like they want to know like what the story is, like, how did you go from A to B? How did your clients go from A to B? And can they see themselves in you? And if we don't ever share our journey or our struggle or like what's going on, and I'm not talking about being a hot mess express either. Like that's a whole other deal. Like yeah, I'm not saying, right. you wounds, know, I'm not scars saying versus wounds. totally, but you have to become a storyteller and you have, and you get to choose which parts of that you share for sure. But we have to open up, you know, I think gone are the days of like these big, like online gurus with, you know, like talking about all of this glitz and glam and their Lambos and their private jets, yep. which is all great and fine. But I think people want to know, like, are you a real human being? Can I see myself in you in some way so that I know that I can do it too? Yeah, this is a really good point. Um, I wanted to latch onto this because I feel like there's a lot of fear behind sharing your flaws online and um, or just thinking like, what is this person going to think of me if I admit that I made this mistake or if I think like this? And the other day I, I did to my list, I said that I had to struggle with, I changed work ethic from being a group fitness instructor and a gym and a PT where you just show up and talk to people to actually doing a desk job, so to speak. Like I write copy now and mm -hmm. I'm literally wrestling with myself. So it's me versus mm -hmm. me the whole time. It's no like, okay, you finish now. And I had to, I admitted that flaw in my email list. Um, but not like a wound, like you said. Um, but the whole time I was wrestling, wrestling like what are my clients going to think? Like what, what are people going to be thinking? But there's a story wrapped around it. Um, I thought it was successful. But the reason why I'm asking this is because, you know, from the people that you teach and 
your following as well. Why do you think there is that block to admit that flaw or show that vulnerability online? Yeah, you know, I think we're just, you know, and I can just speak like from a female perspective, you know, especially, and I'm sure that, you know, Joel, like everybody experiences this, but this is just my experience. Like we are so taught like that perfect equals worthiness, right? And, but if we're not perfect or if we're showing this flaw, or if we've messed up in some way, then somehow like we're not practicing what we preach or we're a fraud or we're not like deserving of what we want. Like, Oh, Oh, what? And and it's so crazy. Right. Because it's like, what are we expecting of ourselves? Like we are human beings on this, like on this journey, like in this process. And I think that just as human beings, we so very much want to be safe. We want to be secure. We, we fear uh, backlash, especially in today's cancel culture. Like there's so much fear in the world in general. And I think, and this sounds kind of cheesy, but Hey, we'll go with it. Like if we can shift to love, if we can shift to radical responsibility and love of ourselves, no matter what our circumstances are, like what actions we are, are not taking, we're going to like build our business from such a more stable and aligned place. I think it's just a natural human tendency that we have uh, to protect ourselves and to protect our business. But I have found that the best leaders that I know, and this is what I tell people as a leader, I would much rather you see me and learn from my mistakes. I would much rather you see me fall down, get back up and tell you how I did it than for me to pretend that I never struggle or what we've seen happen so often is people blow their lives up. Everything totally crumbles. They totally wind up really destroying everything because they're, they really are living two double lives because they are so fearful of what other people think that they can't let themselves truly be seen. And so I think that there's a, a good mix there. Yeah, that's also a really good point you brought up. And if, if you're a guy listening and you think self-love is is, uh, <laughs> is like a bit airy for you, just picture it as self-respect and, yeah. and backing yourself. Um, totally. That That's the way to go because uh, if you've read uh, Maxwell Maltz's Psycho-Cybernetics, like it all comes down to how the, the confidence you project out is the confidence okay. is like how you respect yourself. Um, yeah. and the way you respect my your, language, Jules, speaking yeah. my language. And, it. uh, and like one of those key lessons I learned this year is like hundred percent responsibility. Like if, if she hits the fan, uh, you do have to just suck it up and be like, okay, look, it probably wasn't my fault, but it is my fault. I got in this situation. So I have to deal with it. Um, and, totally. and, and that's one of the key things I learned this year. And, um, I think something for the listeners, it's not like a preachy comment, but like for the listeners, <laughs> if, if you capture, if you get that and you stop blaming everyone else, I think a lot of problems will be solved. Radical responsibility will save your life. Radical responsibility will call, will save you from so much heartache, so much blaming victim mentality, all of it. Things may not be um, your fault, so to speak, but they are a responsibility to manage our inner world. And I love what you said about confidence, Jules, you know, I te- cause it really is about confidence, you know, and I teach people that confidence is first an identity, then it's a skill set. Like, yeah. who are you? Who, what are you grounded in? That's outside of, that's not just your business. Like if your business went away today, who would you be? So we have to really look at 
am I trying to get my identity and my confidence and my worth from all of these things that I do and how I perform and how well I perform and all of these things? Or do I know that like, if all of this went away, I'm a badass. <laughs> like I, I know who I am regardless of the things that I do. What I do is not who I am. So that's confidence. Number one, your identity. And then number two is a skill set. It is actually something you have to practice. And that's really what you're talking about, Jules, too. And what we've been discussing, it's like these mindset techniques, these taking radical responsibilities, how we show up in the world, letting our true self be seen. This is a skill set that you learn. You know, you don't just come out the womb, <laughs> you know, learning all these things. You know, this is a part of that, that, that entrepreneur journey. Yeah, exactly. All right. We've, we've covered mindset. I love mindset. Um, you mentioned part of what you do, Lindsay, is making your passion pay for you online. Yeah. Okay. How does, how does someone do that? Oh gosh. Yeah. Like cliff notes. So I have a whole course. I have a whole course about this. Basically, you know, how do you turn your ideas into action? How do you do what you love every single day? And you know, what's that quote that says like, when you do what you love every day, you never work a day in your life or whatever that is. I don't know, but truly, like we get one life. That's one thing that I learned as a police officer very quickly that life can be taken from you in an instant. And that's really the heart behind what I teach is, you know, life is too short, do what you love, figure out how to make money from it. Like let let's go. And so the first thing that I would say is you need to decide and this is, this is part of what I call the ideation stage or market, the beginning yeah. stage, right? You really need to decide if this is a passion, like true passion, or this is just something you are really excited about and you really like, and it's a hobby and, you in, and you're into. And not every single passion do you necessarily need to monetize either because there's some things that just need to be for you. They're, they're not, they're not meant for you to monetize it. Okay. But if you do want to monetize it, you better get rooted and grounded in what this is really going to take and what you are really, um, willing to do. Because I think this is the mistake that most new entrepreneurs make is like, for example, let's say you love to bake cakes, right? You love love baking cakes. You do. Okay. You love it. Okay. <laughs> you no, love I'm to just bake- kidding. I can't bake a cake for shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's say you do though. Right. And you love yep. to decorate cupcakes and All right. you're not going to be the, you're not going to be just decorating cupcakes. You're not just going to be baking the cake. You're not just going to be in the kitchen all the time. You're going to now be the CEO of a company that bakes cakes, right? So are you willing to be the damn CEO? You're probably going to have to wind up hiring eventually, hopefully someone to make the cakes for you. And so now you're overseeing it. So we need to decide what type of life do we want to live? Or do we really want to bake cakes? If that's cool, go work for a bakery. Or do you run a business? Do you want to be the CEO of it? That is the decision that you must make from the get-go. Because once you've said yes to entrepreneurship, now you've got to learn mark. You're going to be the marketer, the bookkeeper. Like you're going to be doing all of the things right at first, not just the thing that you love to do. So it's really important that you make a decision. Do you want to be a technician or do you truly want to be a business owner and a CEO? And if all of that stuff is already giving you an anxiety attack. Then you just need to go work for somebody. You need to just go work and do that. So you can do the actual thing that you love every day. And that's totally fine too. So that's number one. 
do you want to be a technician or do you want to be the CEO? And then number two, when it comes to online marketing, I think people make it really, really hard, but it's really not. It's, it's simple. That doesn't mean easy, but it's simple. The bottom line is, is you're going to grow a following. You're going to pick one to two primary platforms that you love and you'll be consistent with create amazing quality content that speaks to your ideal customer. You're going to grow that following. You're going to ask them what they want. Then you're going to sell it to them. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. Right. That's it. But each of those things, right. Has a journey and a process, but business is simple. It's simple. You know, we are growing our audience, which means we're getting in front of new people. We're nurturing them, which means we're turning them into a lead. We're warming them up to who we are, developing that like, know, and trust. And then we're selling to them. And then we're selling to them again and creating recurring clients. So there's a ton of different strategies and a ton of different ways to do that. But I believe in teaching simple business practices. And that's really the thing that you need to look at. How are you growing? How are you nurturing? And how are you selling every single day and in what capacity? How are you growing? How are you nurturing? Mm-hmm. And how are you, last one, sorry? Selling. How are you selling? And in what capacity? Another, yeah. another way, some other terms would be you've got traffic, leads, and conversion. So it's like, who, how are you bringing people to you? How are you, mm. how are you getting new eyes on you? Then how are you taking those people and educating them on who you are and what you do. And then at what rate, what are the numbers that you convert at? And that's the other thing that, that people don't want to dial into because numbers aren't sexy. (laughs) Data isn't always sexy. You know, it's like, so if you know that you convert at a certain percentage, two to three to 5%, and you know what works, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Now what we need to do is just figure out how to get your, get your product, your idea, your sales conversion and strategy in front of the more people, because if the more people see it, you know, you converted that, then, you know, it's just a traffic solution. So. Yep. Okay, cool. So then what are the, what are the big problems say like, because I would say, I can't say specifically how many of my audience, but definitely some of them are already in motion. Um, What are some of those roadblocks that your audience has when it comes to, you know, like beginning into intermediate stage? Yeah. I would say number one is always content. It's like, what do I post? (laughs) You know, it's like the content monster, right? It's like, how do I keep feeding this thing? I ain't preaching the choir here. Yeah. You know, it's it's like that, that's the thing. It's a constant deal. But I think if we can look at it from an experiment, like just have fun with this and stop making the content make or break again, going back to confidence and performance, right? Mean so much. Um, Content number one, having a really clear content strategy that's consistent, that is confident, is polarizing, and that allows you to stand out from the crowd. Like I always say, like, just say no to vanilla marketing, like stop doing shit that everybody else is doing. Stop looking at your competitors and then doing your own version of what they do. Although I know that sounds great and you can use that for market research, but you have got to find your own voice. You have got to figure out what makes you unique and special, your secret sauce, as I call it, and bring that 
unapologetically. Don't be afraid to be bold and to stand out and to disrupt your industry. You know, zig while everybody else is zagging. So content is number one for sure. The other thing that I would say is most intermediate to advanced entrepreneurs, you know, we're entrepreneurs, right? We got shiny object syndrome. We have lots of ideas. I yes. want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to be on YouTube. And then I'm going to be on podcasts. I'm going to do here and there. And you feel like you've got to be on like 10 to 20 different platforms, social media platforms, re- start repurposing all your content everywhere. Yeah. And before you know it, you are spread so wide and so thin. And also your audience is overwhelmed by the amount of content. What happens a lot when I see people do this is um, they are typically struggling with sales and also like been there too, right? Like we've all, we've all walked through this, Jules, right? Yeah. So what's happening is your audience thinks, well, I've got to consume all your free stuff first before they feel in integrity about buying with you. So there is this push and pull balance of putting too much out there. I say, pick one to two primary platforms that you know have converted into clients and go all in there. And until you have built a sustainable six-figure business where you are paying yourself and you are profitable, okay, you're paying yourself consistently and you are profitable, then you can expand into other platforms, but you've got to build that solid foundation first. Yeah, so critical. And I think the reason why some people just fall into that trap uh, Gary V, uh, Neil Patel. Um, but like when you look at the context behind it, like they're, they're speaking to big companies and um, they're like, you should post this amount of, this amount of content per day. And there's a lot of solopreneurs and there's a lot of people just starting out who listen to them like, Oh shit, I got to be omnipresent. Oh shit. I got to be posting everywhere. Um, I'm only on LinkedIn and I only do podcasts and email yeah. and that's it. And that's how I keep sane. Um, otherwise exactly. it will it just, I don't understand. How do you keep up? Yeah. It's like, we're not creating content for content's sake, you know? And it's like, and I understand where those dudes are coming from. And also they have to understand like they have huge teams (laughs) that, that, that can do all that for them. Like, no, you know, you need to figure out where you want to like go all in on what's got the biggest ROI from you and what you really love to do. Like I love Instagram. I love the platform. I feel safe there. I feel good there. I love my podcast, love my email list. I hate Facebook. Like I hate it. Like I just been like, I feel like the vibe is just off Pinterest. I'm not a huge fan of that. I feel like the content strategy takes forever, although it is very effective. I know that if someone, if someone DMs me on Instagram or they become an avid listener of my podcast, I know for a fact they are eventually going to become a client. And so it's like, why would I steer from that? I know what works. I'm going all in on those, those few platforms. How long does it take you to develop this whole framework and system? The framework of of everything we just be talking about. So, like, <laughs> I, let's just stick on content. <laughs> like, uh, that oh, makes everything more, you just said. Everything you nah, just every, said. Let, let's stick with content because, like, you're saying, <laughs> uh, I know when people just listen to my podcast or or tune into my uh, Instagram, that eventually will be a client. Like, that's a big confidence statement. Um, yeah. It so, is. like, so, like how many years or how many experimentations, iterations did it finally click and did it take before it finally click? 
I think, you know, and everyone's business is different. Everyone's yep. season is different, but I think you should have these numbers within a year. If you're being consistent, if you're like really going in on your, your one to two things, right? Like you're going all in, you're not spread thin. You've made a decision for a solid year. I'm going to be consistent. For example, with you, Jules podcast, LinkedIn email. Okay. You like, how long did it take you to figure out what's working in your funnels? The issue is people don't have a lead tracking system or a lead generation system. Like they don't know where their clients are coming from because they're not tracking it. They're not paying attention, which you can do that with a CRM. You can do that with your analytics on all of your different platforms. They even make separate software that does that for you. But, and, and also it's just like asking questions <laughs> like that is, it's so simple, right? Like, why don't you just ask your clients how they found you? How'd you, how'd you get to know me? <laughs> like, oh, through content, through podcast. Uh, oh. Yeah. Like, why don't we just, you know, like when someone, you know, for example, like if someone DMs me and I don't know them from Adam, I'm always like, well, Hey, I'm so curious. Like, how'd you find me? And they'll say, Oh, your podcast or so-and-so shared you or, or this, I saw a post or I saw an ad. I don't know. I don't know how I found you. The universe just led me to you, you know? So it's like kind of taking stock of those certain, of those certain things is so important. You need to be tracking where your leads are coming from for sure. I mean, you're a business owner, you have to do that. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, and then you mentioned like CRM and, and, and this and this thing, everyone's like, Oh shit. Like yeah. so many things oh, I got to do. I was just going to have fun on the internet. Oh, I thought I was just going to post some stuff and be a millionaire. No. Yeah. There's but, actually. But how do you yeah, so how, how would you keep organized with that so you, so you don't lose track of what's important in your day? So how would I keep track with leads? Well, obviously, like there's a, a, billion, a billion things to do, right? And overwhelm yeah. is a massive okay. problem everyone yeah, has. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, great question I would say is you need to dial in on what your income producing activities are and the things that only you can do, your zone of genius, the things that you do well. And this does take trial and error. This does take action, right? So, but you need to know like what converts for you, what works well for you. And it's always, again, like what I said in the beginning, Jules, grow a following, be consistent, ask them what they need and then deliver it to them. So it's like, you've got to like have your ear to the ground, you know, with your people and, always be paying attention. I just feel like our audience is always telling us what they want. The data is there. You know, if we look at uh, behavior patterns, clicks, all these different things, our audience is telling us what they want. So for example, if I know when I go live on Instagram and a certain amount of people show up to that live video, I'm going to get this many email signups or um, they're going to DM me and want to work with me, then I know that that's an income producing activity. So I need to make it a point on my calendar to go live twice a week or three times a week or whatever. So you yep. have to just pay attention to what worked, but focus on income activities, things that are going to grow, nurture or sell to your audience and really like get rid of the rest of the shit, <laughs> like all this busy work, like all this stuff. When I see people that are like working like, you know, 18 hour days, I'm like doing what? you know, it's like, we can, as entrepreneurs, like we can find stuff to do. Like there's always something to do, but focus on what brings you the most money. How are you growing? How are you nurturing? How are you selling? And then yeah. just get rid of the rest. 
Well, well, on the topic of nurturing and selling, um, how have you found, say, like your email flop has been any different with COVID? Um, have you been trying to focus more on front-end offers or you just go, say, like straight into a coaching program after a bit of nurturing? Curious to hear. Yeah, because of COVID. So yeah. COVID, I know it's like, God, it's such a horrible topic because it's, this has not been the case for so many business owners. But COVID was a great thing for my business. Yeah, me my too. Industry. You know, it's like, ugh, you know, um, so many people pivoting to the online world. And, you know, there was, um, you know, there was a time, uh, right? It was like right when COVID hit, I was launching Boss Moves, which is one of my signature programs now. And it's all about owning your CEO power and really bossing up and learning what it's like to be a confident leader and the things that are actually holding you back, which is you not being aware of how powerful you actually are. And so I was like, God, this is the worst timing ever. <laughs> like, should I, how do I price this thing? You know, what do I do? Should I change my whole deal? And, you know, I had this moment in my living room with, you know, a glass of whiskey, which is my drink, a whiskey tonic, just FYI, everybody. And, you know, I sat You're out a real there with my, yeah. whiskey, <laughs> hotty, hotty, hotty. Yeah. yeah. So I, like sat out there with my journal and I'm like, God, like, what do I do here? And I went forward with it. I didn't change the price and it was a huge success. I just trusted my guns. I trusted the thing that had been the seed that had been planted in me um, from the get go. And so many people needed it. And I had messages from women saying, don't you dare think about canceling this. Like, don't you dare think about changing this because people Hunt need it now more than ever before. Yeah. And so I think for me, um, for sure, I did create some content around helping entrepreneurs pivot. Um, I did, I did lower the price on one of my higher level courses, not because I felt like I had to, because people won't buy it. I just wanted to, you know, and that's the deal too, as a CEO and entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, we got to trust our gut. We got to trust our intuition and lean into what we really feel aligned to, not what someone else is telling us to do or what we think we should do or, or any, or any of that type of stuff. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's what I did. Well, <laughs> that's what you did. Yeah. And so boss moves was a success. What did you yeah. do to, uh, to launch it? Did you just use Instagram mixture, everything curious to hear how yeah. people do this yeah. stuff? Yeah. So I had an Instagram strategy. I mean, I go, I, I'm in, in my Instagram stories every single day. I mean, that's just a commitment that I have. Um, Instagram posting launch strategy is super important. Emailed. Um, I emailed about three times a week. And what I really teach is this is so cheesy, Jules. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cheesy. But that's how I roll. That's how I remember stuff like a drip flow hose technique. So if you can think of like a water, uh, a water hose or like a faucet or a fountain in your marketing, you know, what most people do when they launch is they hose, right? They like are fire hosing people. Hey, this is open. Join boss news. Blah, blah, blah. Then they're exhausted and the cart is closing soon. And you're like, shit, I've got to do this for like seven to 12 more days. Like I mean, it doesn't work. What we've got to do is start. We have to drip it out and increase Okay. So now the flow, now I'm going to start talking about it a little bit more, talk about it in a different way. I'm going to start showing some testimonials. And by the time it gets close to cart close, 
it should be hosing them down. Like everybody and their mama should know about what's going on with you. We don't realize um, how many times people need to hear our message. It's like 12 to 15 times before they say yes, in my opinion, in the online space. So um, for me, going stories every day, switching it up, um, emailed three times a week. And then I did do a couple of what I call um, content momentum builders where you have more of a captive audience. So I did a masterclass, a free masterclass, which then uh, once they signed up for that, they're on my email list and then um, sent out a series of sales emails after that. But I'll tell you what worked the best. And if you would have asked me if I would have ever done this a year ago, I'd have been like, hell no, you're dumb. (laughs) Like, like, don't do that. Like, do not do that because I'm so much about like, don't give, don't give so much away for free. Like you're adding a ton of, like I'm a chronic over, over giver. So I have to like really reel that in. And when I see people doing all these free coaching calls, no, like coach somebody for an hour and then ask them to work with you. No way. Like you're, we're not doing that. That's a sounds not, cool. Not on, my, not on my watch, you know? So, um, what I did was this, I just said, and this was like, right when COVID happened, I said, Hey, free group coaching call. I'm going to help you like get through this. I'm going to give you some free coaching to pivot, to help your business. And it truly was from this place of, you know, like, Hey, like, we got to like lock arms here. We got to figure this out. I'm your general, (laughs) you know, I'll show you the way come follow me. Let's do it. You know? And, um, we had like 20 women hop on this free coaching call. They were so grateful. They got a ton of clarity and like, we converted it like 5% from that. So, and that's huge. Like, I was going to say, did you have an offer at the end? uh, Yeah. Boss Yeah, 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 Yeah. It was like, it worked great. And I, but I think it was like just from this place of authenticity and this genuine desire to help. So that's good. I really like that. Like you, you actually gave a lot of value and then there's a soft pitch at the end. I imagine like, Hey, if, if you want handed, yeah. like we'll hold your hand, do mm-hmm. this, everything like here's an offer. And that's, that's a lot, it's very congruent with what was going yeah. on at the time. And-, and I know your listeners probably like when they hear that, they're like, Oh, y'all are making that sound so easy. Like that scares the shit out of me like the pitch at the end. Right. Like, you know, everybody gets like, so like worked up about like, Oh, and they know, like, and you can tell too, when you watch people do that, like that, they know that they're about to have to pitch. And so they start getting nervous and weird and like, yeah, like doing all kinds of weird stuff. I saw one of my friends, uh, he gets the nervous burps. (laughs) He starts doing this weird he like does this weird, like hiccup burp deal. And it's just so funny anyways, but I didn't do that. But like, guys, it's just like be a normal human being. Like how normal is this? Just say, Hey, this may or may not be for you. If you've resonated with what we've talked about so far, I'm going to invite you to join me inside of X, Y, Z, and then offer any bonus that you have and then shut up and say goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Treat like a a PS and an email. It's like, oh, by the way, I've just got this. If if you think this is really good, then this might interest you too. And just like talk about it a little bit. Boom. That's it. I think one one thing that happens is people try to say too much and then they try to oversell it and then talk about all the features and everything that's in it. Instead, just say, if you have any questions, Mm. DM me or reach out or post them below and I'll answer your questions right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked your thing. It was like drip flow hose. Um, I use that strategy with my clients too. It's like, uh, 
oh, it's like a like you get them excited, right? Like a Hollywood Hollywood movie, to get yeah. them anticipated. Don't actually say what's coming. You just say something's coming. Yeah, yeah um, the curiosity, right? Curiosity, curiosity yeah. marketing. Yeah. And then just you're subtly hinting at stories of people who've who've had these major, amazing transformations. Um, and last client did that for worked freaking awesome. We got 150k in just from just Woo! from emails. Yes. Yeah. Look and so do. that drip awesome. flow hose thing, it like called it something else, but it's definitely yeah. a good strategy rather than be like, all right, we're open. Yeah. Got it down their face. Yeah. <laughs> hey Lindsay, <laughs> this, this has been a really, really good chat. Um, where can my audience find you? Where's the best place to reach out? Yeah. So come say hello. Come slide up in my DMs on Instagram. It's Lindsay Nadler, Lindsay with an E. Um, come check me out. And then my podcast, um, if you're a female entrepreneur who wants to build an online business and own your CEO power, it's the make your passion pay you podcast. And we've got new episodes every week. Oh, I'll definitely put that in the link below. And Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on to storytelling secrets. You're so welcome. Thanks Jules. Okay. So for all my ladies listening here, I'm not sure how many, I've got how many, uh, female, listeners I've got but if you are if you love the sound of Lindsay go check out her podcast make your passion pay you um, I'll leave that below and her Instagram below otherwise thanks for tuning in this week I'll see you next week for storytelling secrets bye for now